Hello, this is Mike Stranks, welcoming you to this CMS Audio Mission Prayer Focus for July 2013. As usual, we'll be hearing from three people associated with CMS and involved in mission, and then reflecting briefly on what we've heard. This month, we start by catching up with what Andy and Rosé Roberts are doing in Recife, northern Brazil. For several years, they were part of the team working with My Father's House, an organisation providing refuge and rehabilitation for boys caught up in the gang culture of the city. A year or so ago, they saw the need and felt the call to establish something similar for young girls, with the organisation name of Revive. When Andy met Jeremy Woodham recently, he told Jeremy how things with Revive are progressing. Revive is just under a year old, um, and, but a lot has happened in this past 11-12 months. We've set up the UK charity and also the charity uh, in Brazil, and we currently have uh, a team working on the streets late at night, going out and talking to the, the prostitutes. We have come across uh, a few of these visible girls uh, who are under the age of 18 who have been forced into, uh, into prostitution. Uh, we go there and we, we, we pray with them, we talk to them, we're friends to them, trying to show them that their real worth to, to God is much more than, than what the guys are paying for them each night. Uh, but the main thrust of Revive are these safe houses. And thankfully, Revive has just assigned uh, a contract to purchase uh, the first property which will be used to open up the first safe house in, in Olinda. And that's been a massive answer to prayer. The cost of the house was, was £140,000. And over the past year, uh, we've been able to raise some good cash reserves. And then just in the past month, uh, we did a fundraising campaign to, to raise the remaining £50,000 that was needed. Um, and thankfully, God was, was, was very good. Our supporters were very generous and we were able to raise the £50,000 that we needed to purchase the property. So that's a huge uh, answer to prayer, a fantastic uh, uh, milestone which Revive has reached. So we have the property. We now just need to, um, to employ staff when we go back to Brazil um, and, to, and to pray for some more regular financial uh, support to cover the monthly bills of the project. Uh, so as soon as we have the finance in place and the staff in place, then we can open up the first house, which will house around 12 girls. We'll be working very closely with the Child Welfare Office uh, for the local government and also the legal system as well. The child judge for the city will have overall um, responsibility for the girls that we take in off the streets. And so we have to provide legal documents uh, to the judge about who they are and why they're in such a situation, why we've taken them off the street, what we're planning on doing with them, what the whole social program is, to, you know, what's the, what's the plan to try and reintegrate them back into a family. Um, but when we do open up their doors, uh, we'll be doing so with the government's approval. A big job. Great to hear about it. What's the dream for 10 years' time? Hopefully in 10 years' time, we'll have a network of, of safe houses, not just in Olinda, but in all of the, all of the major cities in the northeast of Brazil. And hopefully within 10 years, we'll be at a, at a case of, of having to reduce the number of safe houses rather than open more, because hopefully the, the situation will have, have improved by then. I hope in 10 years' time, we won't still be asking for for finance to open up more and more houses. I'm hoping that we'll be able to diminish the number of, of, of houses that we have. Tell us how we can be praying for, for you and Rosie and uh, Sophia and the work. 
Uh, well, yeah, you definitely uh, you can pray uh, uh, for us, uh, pray especially, uh, specifically for the girls um, in Olinda and in Brazil who have always been been abused in this horrific situation. I give thanks that Revive is, is, is on the go and that we've been able to purchase uh, the property. Give thanks that the fundraising campaign was successful, um, but now pray that we're able to raise a little bit more money to, so that we can buy furniture for the house and also that the monthly finance that we, we receive will, will, will increase as well. We'll need about £3,500 a month uh, to keep the project open. So these things don't come cheaply um, and um, we need to raise uh, this monthly finance so that we're able to open up the project and, sus and to sustain it. So you do pray for them. And then just pray for Rosie and I and Sophia as we uh, uh, cope with an ever-increasing workload and the family's growing. So do pray that we're able to, uh, to, to be wise in the decisions that we make for, for energy um, and also that we might never lose focus of the real reason why uh, you know, we are working with Revive and CMS, and that is to see to see God restoring and transforming lives, especially amongst the young children of Brazil. Andy Roberts with his prayer and thanks requests, not only for the work of Revive, but also for him, his wife Rosé, and their young daughter Sophia. We turn our thoughts from a long-established and increasingly prosperous country in South America to a very young country in Africa. South Sudan became a country in its own right just a year ago and continues to experience a lot of turmoil and upheaval. Bishop Anthony Pogo from South Sudan visited CMS in Oxford recently and he explained to Jeremy Woodham what things are like in the country. The people of South Sudan have gone through a lot uh, in terms of uh, the war and uh, but also there are occasionally inter-ethnic conflicts that do happen. And so it's important that um, pray for the efforts of the church that is involved in, in, in conflict mitigation, but also preventing some of this uh, conflict from occurring. And where they have occurred, the, the church has been involved in reconciliation. Has that affected your diocese? From our diocese, we haven't been affected by that um, being one one community, uh, but other dioceses have been affected. And and as part of the Christian body, if one part is affected, you feel you feel it. And so yes, it's important that we we remember those who have been affected by some of these things that have happened in the past year. What's the most urgent task that you're um, taking on in your diocese? Um, training, training of the leaders, uh, training of the pastors, training of lay readers. Um, uh, we've just completed the construction of our own cathedral and we're working on, on our office and uh, we, we need to also build a number of uh, needed uh, structures in our college. And how are you working with CMS uh, these days? Well, we, 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 we link up very well as one of our partners, one of the CMS mission partners, Gary Iron, has been uh, helping us with advice on what we have been able to build in the diocese. And we're very, very grateful for that. And you're wearing a badge that says positive attitude. I see. What's that about? Well, uh, I got this badge in one of my visits to one of the cities. Got this by given by a mayor in a in a city in in Canada, and uh, I agree with it. And you know, in our context, you have to have a positive attitude uh, to things. Otherwise, uh, you know, 
uh, it will not be easy to live in a situation that we, like South Sudan. What what things would you most like uh, CMS supporters to be praying for? Pray for for us to persevere and be patient as we wait uh, on the changes that have to happen in our nation. I think people had at times been uh, discouraged and disappointed. They want the, uh, the dividends to the, the, the peace and also the new nation. But also pray that the church would remain uh, firm to its calling uh, to, to meet the physical and spiritual needs of the people and that they the needed financial, human, and uh, other resources will, become, will be available for, for the church to undertake this uh, that we, we, we are called by God to undertake. Also, another thing we've been hearing about is the whole situation on the border regions in South Kordofan and so on. Have you got an update with that? I know it's a long way from where you are, but you're connected through the church. Yeah, well, uh, the Sudan, uh, the South Sudan has been uh, receiving refugees who have fled from these areas where there are conflicts in Kordofan, southern Kordofan and the Buluna area. And so, yes, that definitely is, is again a concern. It will be important that peace is achieved in that region. Actually, having really good relations between Sudan and South Sudan is crucial and important for both countries. And so it will be important that the two agree uh, with the, the people who have taken up arms uh, in this area so that that situation is brought to an end. But also, even in the Darfur area, because when there is peace in the whole of Sudan, it will also mean that there will be peace between the, the two nations of Sudan and South Sudan. And the two nations need each other uh, for, for the good neighborliness of the nations. But also, as people who once were in one country, it's important that we, we are good neighbors. Let's pray about those things that Bishop Pogo has mentioned, that the ongoing fighting between Sudan and South Sudan will stop and that the two countries will then be able to coexist and mutually support each other. And for our final focus this month, we return to South America and to Paraguay. When Bishop Peter Bartlett and his wife Sally were in Oxford, they spoke with Naomi Steinberg about the priorities for the church in Paraguay. In the urban setting, I think discipleship really has is, is, got to be the key to moving forward. Part of the history of the church is that uh, sometimes uh, kind of leadership, if you like, or, or initiatives have been taken by uh, the few. And um, so the kind of typical church member hasn't necessarily um, been that involved, really. Whereas the, the future has to be not uh, obviously a new generation of leaders coming through, but I think also encouraging uh, every church member to realise that they've got potential and that they can actually reach out to others, they can minister to others, they can engage with God, they can help other people, and this sort of thing. So we're really trying to develop a, a kind of structured system which leads from people um, developing their initial relationship with God through to becoming active church members, through to learning how to minister and reach out to other people. And if we can do that, then I think the, the future of the church is really very bright. The Chaco is a very different world and uh, we're trying to encourage discipleship there too but that probably has to develop in a, in a slightly different way. But there again, um, the model has often been that uh, the, the, the pastor or maybe a, a leader 
is the person who's seen as the person with influence, the person who can do things. So it's also encouraging people to understand that, that God can use them and not just rely on on the person at the top. But um, the kind of be- the discipleship teaching needs to be at a more basic level. But we're, we're dealing with that too and we're trying to work through a coherent system there. And something that we're already doing is that um, we have two or three times a year kind of like a week-long kind of training school for for people. It's been for, for pastors and um, and leaders up till now, but we're trying to broaden that out so that people with leadership potential and people, inverted commas, lower down in the system, if you like, uh, also uh, have the opportunity to come along and receive training uh, in these uh, week-long schools and so this is something that we've, we're really working hard on as well as trying to develop our own uh, basic training school which should be again on a on a, a very basic level but encouraging really the, the, the emphasis I think all the time is encouraging people to realize that they have gifts that they can use and getting people to understand that it's not a case of just looking to the expert or the professional, nor is it a case of thinking that, well, I haven't got much to offer, but actually realising that that in Christ they do have a lot to offer and exploiting all the, the potential and the gifts that people have. So I think that's why we see it as really vitally important because if the church is going to grow and develop, then people need to understand this so that uh, not just new leaders are developed, but the church moves forward and then we can move on to actually planting new churches as well um also within the context of the chaco um so is, i think it's associate mission partners chris and alison hawksby mm-hmm. um chris has uh, traditionally been involved with development work in the chaco but in agreement with peter he's going out and doing more kind of on hands discipleship work alongside his development work because much of what he's been involved in he's kind of getting other people on board with the development stuff and so he's got good on the ground know-how of what's going on and what how things function and and of just of knowing people so he's using lot he's taking lots of opportunities to go in and see where where people are at in terms of discipleship and the the kind of loose structure of leaders within Asuncion um have got teams who have started going out into the Chaco and doing things as well. And I think at the Synod, the Chaco representatives, because of the language issues, would have met together in discussion groups where people were not just being talked at, they were discussing, answering questions, analysing where they're at. So they will have done that within their own context and looked at what it means for them. Let's use those points from Peter and Sally Bartlett about the work of the church in Paraguay to inform our prayers. Our reflection on what we've heard in this audio mission prayer focus is brought to us by Pippa Soundy, a pastor within the CMS mission community. The stories we have heard today all bear witness to the four CMS values of being evangelistic, being good news of being relational, learning to love, of pioneering, moving forwards into new things, and of faithfulness, never giving up. Andy and Rose's vision of safe houses 
throughout the cities of northeast Brazil is very good news for girls who've been abused in the sex industry. We pray that those girls will learn to love as their lives are changed by the love of Jesus. We thank God for the 12 girls who we hope will move into the first house in Olinda by Christmas time and ask for the monthly finance needed to run that house. Bishop Anthony faces many challenges to keep moving forwards into new things in South Sudan. We take up Anthony's positive attitude as we pray for the church to stay faithful to its calling to be good news and never to give up. We pray for the building of new infrastructure and for the building of peace as people learn to be good neighbours after many years of hostility. In Paraguay, Peter and Sally report the challenge and potential of growing a church where every member is good news to others as they become active disciples of Jesus. May new leaders emerge who can equip the saints and plant new churches in urban areas and in the rural Chaco. May God bless all the forward movement of Chris Hawksby's development work in the remote areas. And so we close with the prayer of Paul for the Ephesians as we ask the Father to strengthen the church in Brazil, in South Sudan and Paraguay with power through his Spirit and that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith as they are rooted and grounded in love. Amen. Thanks for joining me for this July 2013 Audio Mission Prayer Focus. I do hope that not only has it been informative and interesting, but also that it's helped you focus your prayers on specific key issues. I'm Mike Stranks, and this has been a Church Mission Society audio production.